Hello and welcome to the Bible with Megan podcast. My name is Megan and here I talk about the Bible. There are two types of episode in this podcast. The first is where I look at wider themes about the Bible, within the Bible, questions about how we should study the Bible and how it relates to our world. The second type of episode are just Bible studies and each week I'll go chronologically through a book of the Bible. The Bible is such a beautiful book and such an incredible gift that we have been given by God and I just hope that in this podcast you will learn to love studying it even more and that it will strengthen your faith. So let's get on with today's episode. Hello internet friends, I'm really excited because today we are going to be looking at exegesis and what that is. Um, In the last of these kind of topical episodes, I talked about what hermeneutics is. And I'm not going to lie to you, for a long time, I used to get hermeneutics and exegesis really muddled up. uh, And it's quite easy to, because they're very similar. They kind of work hand in hand, um, but they are slightly different. And so last time, if you remember, when we were looking at hermeneutics, we talked about how hermeneutics begins with an H. And so clever way to remember which one it is is it talks about how how do we interpret the bible so hermeneutics is kind of more about principles about thinking what method we use where do we place value if you remember we talked about that which world do we place value in where exegesis is kind of like getting down to the business of it it's more practical and specific um the word itself exegesis is like it's a bit like extracting it's kind of a related word um so it's the process of drawing the meaning out of the text the key question that exegesis asks is what does this mean what does this text mean what is it actually trying to say what is the meaning here so hermeneutics is more kind of like a a big kind of zoomed out lens of like oh how are we going to go about this and exegesis is saying what does it mean it's trying to find that meaning so good exegesis um works with hermeneutics is aware of hermeneutics but good exegesis also tries to discover what the intended meaning of a bit of text is it considers the original author the person who wrote it down and it considers the context of of what what the person is reading so like when we talked about hermeneutics we said how you know there's these three different worlds the world behind the text the world in the text and the world in front of the text and exegesis um considers this context when it is kind of looking at a specific passage bad exegesis um actually has a name and when i heard this i thought it was like this kind of really clever little play on words that this particular speaker was doing because it's called eisegesis. Eisegesis, unlike exegesis, reads into the text. So it has a meaning that um, it already wants to find. So somebody reading it, reading this this bit of Bible and they've already like decided what it is they want it to mean. And so when they read it, they see that they see what they want it to mean because they've decided that's what it does mean. They're reading into the text rather than 
exegesis, which is trying to pull the meaning out. It comes from a place of asking, what does this mean? And really diving into the text to try and find the true correct meaning. And then after doing that, applying it to themselves rather than starting with themselves. So the best way to talk about exegesis is probably just to get on and do some. Um, So let's do it. Let's exegete a passage today. We're just going to do one verse and it's a very famous verse. You've probably seen it on Instagram uh, with a nice background behind it or maybe you've seen it on the back of someone's t-shirt that's running a marathon or something. Um, It's Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Okay. So the question exegesis asks is, what does this mean? What does this mean? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What does this mean? Let's break it down and take it bit by bit and just ask that question as we go through the verse. So the first word, I, what does this mean? Well, who is I. Who is it that's saying this? Um, Well, we can see that this verse is in a book and it's in the book of Philippians, which is a letter. And the letter to the Philippians was written by Paul. And Paul was um, an apostle in the early church. He called himself the apostle to the Gentiles. He was a um, Jew and he had a conversion experience where he met Jesus just after Jesus's resurrection and ascension, Jesus appeared to him and he became a Christian and he traveled around planting churches, um, spreading the gospel. He was persecuted and imprisoned for his faith and he was a teacher and an instructor. Um, So he's writing to the Philippian church and is teaching them about what it is to follow Jesus. So that's who is saying I hear. What does I mean? It's, it's Paul that's saying this particular thing. Now, we'll, at the end of our exegesis, we'll think about how it applies to us. But eisegesis, in this case, would read I and immediately apply it to themselves without thinking about what's the original context here because the Bible does apply to us as Christians, obviously, but we mustn't start we need to start from the text and then work to that point so i is paul in this verse the next part can do all things or what does this mean what things what things are all things does it mean everything in the world does it mean impossible things does it mean specific things that maybe paul's already been talking about in this chapter Well, one way we can kind of do good exegesis is just to have a little look at the context literally around this one verse. So we're just going to read the verses before and after and see if it gives us an idea of what all things means. Okay, so this is Philippians chapter 4 verses 10 through to 20. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, 
for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Or I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, whatever your translation says. Verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble, and you Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from... Oh no, it's a, it's a big name. Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent. That's probably wrong, I'm sorry. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Right, so in these verses, Paul is thanking the Philippians for supporting him. He's saying that he needed provision for the mission's work he is doing, for the church planting that he is doing, and the church in Philippi have been providing his need. It sounds like this is probably money, that they're they're kind of supporting him financially to do this work. Um, could be something else. But he's thanking them for supporting him in... Um, in this work, in the situations he finds himself in. And he's saying that he's experienced different situations, um, that he's experienced hardship and plenty, and he's experienced need and abundance. And what he says is, thank you for supporting me, but I know that I, I've learnt that in whatever situation I find myself in, Christ is my constant. I am content, he says, I'm content in any and every situation because of Jesus. So all things then isn't referring to like, um, I don't know, like an exam or a test or a race or a, it's not very specific in that sense, is it? In the way that Paul's talking, he's kind of talking more about kind of how our life goes like the different situations and circumstances that we go through in our following Jesus um whether we are being persecuted whether we are in need um whether we have abundance or 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 we have plenty and you know we're brought low or, or we're abounding that's what he says all things is just referring to like these changing things in life, the things that change. Um, these things change, but but God says the same. That's what He's talking about, isn't it? All things, He can tackle all these circumstances. So the next part then, through Christ who strengthens me, or through Christ who gives me strength, Paul says this is how I do these things through Christ who gives me strength. What does this mean? 
So the context of these verses then that we've just heard, Christ is the constant. He's the thing that does not change, even though everything else changes. And this is how Paul can do all things. So who is Christ? Well, that is a title given to Jesus. Um, and here is is Paul basically referencing the gospel of who Jesus is and how he gives strength to people. Now, the book of Philippians um, kind of teaches the, the church in Philippi about what it is to live in Christ. So this topic of who Christ is and, and him strengthening people is very much in keeping with the whole topic of the book. Paul is sharing how it is you live in Christ. Verse 5 in chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this is Paul telling us who Jesus is. He was fully God and fully man, that he lived a life of righteousness, that he died on a cross, that he rose again, and now he is the king over all things, in a nutshell. So that answers our question of who is Christ. And how is it that we are in Christ? How is it that he gives us strength? Well, some other passages we could look at here, um, Galatians 3, you can go and read Colossians chapters 2 and 3 also go into this. But basically, it's what the New Testament tells us about what happens when we repent and we follow Jesus. When we turn and follow Jesus, something supernatural happens and it's like we are renewed. Um, we are able to be made clean to, to live in in righteousness just as jesus did is the only human who ever had lived in righteousness um and so we are strengthened by god's holy spirit living in us that's what happens when we when we are given new life god's spirit dwells within us and we are made clean by the blood of jesus and it's these things that gives us strength this, this is what paul is talking about when he says christ strengthens me He's saying it's fully down to Jesus's death and resurrection and ascension that he's seated at the right hand of God because of these things, because he participates in these things and is, is filled with the Holy Spirit, he's strengthened. So this makes sense in the context of the New Testament and the Old Testament as well, actually, and how, the, how Jesus fulfills all of that. But it's just looking at the wider context of the story of the Bible and the story of Jesus and the gospel and putting this verse in that context to make sense of it. I'm going to do some episodes in the future on some of those terms I just said. So if you don't quite get them, don't worry. But this is kind of the wider narrative that Paul is referring to and that this verse sits in. And so we can then say okay this is what it means this is what it's talking about in its own context and that's 
exegesis. We did it. We exegeted this verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We asked, what does this mean? We went through bit by bit and we looked at the context it was in. We looked at the verses around it. We looked at the book around it. We looked at the wider story of the New Testament or of the whole Bible and how that verse fitted into those contexts. We didn't need anything additionally. We just had to look around it and think, okay, what's, what's get, what else is going on here? What helps us understand what the author, in this case Paul, wants to say through this verse? So now that we've done that, we've put this verse in its context, it's now that we can ask the question, what does this mean for me? Does this apply to me? You see, if we'd done eisegesis, we would have started there, we would have gone, okay, what does this mean for me? And then read the verse, I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. We'd go, I, oh, well, that means me. All things, that means just stuff that goes on in my life, maybe like, I don't know, maybe I'm going on a diet or something, right? And Christ... He strengthens me to do those things. Oh, how does he do that? It just kind of turns Jesus into like a sort of genie, like, you know, gives me a wish or whatever and makes things happen with the click of his fingers. And that's not what it means, is it? We've, we've, we've seen that. That isn't what this verse is saying um, because we looked at it in its original context. So we've looked at all the context and now we can ask, does this apply to me? And why? And yes, it does. It does apply to me, and if you are a Christian, it applies to you. Paul is a Christian teacher, and he is teaching the power of the gospel to other Christians. Now, I have accepted this gospel to be true. I have repented, and I'm following Jesus, and I've been filled by the Holy Spirit. And as such, I'm in the same position as the Christians that Paul is teaching, and so I can say, that also applies to me. Now, this this passage isn't about me. Paul is saying it, but it extends to me because I am also a fellow follower of Christ. I can take this promise as a Christian and say, in the same way that Paul could say that Christ strengthens him to live through any circumstance, that he can be content in any circumstance because of Jesus, that same gospel has changed my life. And so I can also say that I can also say with my whole heart I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and there's a much greater promise here than just God is my magical genie the bible is a story about God it's not about us it's about God and yet God invites us in to participate in his story in his good and glorious purposes in his plans for the world and for humanity and he promises that he will equip us for it and be with us in it and strengthen us thank you jesus that you invite us into this incredible story thank you lord that you you bring us into your story and let us be a part of it Thank you, Lord, that you are so much more than some sort of genie, that you are a friend, you are Lord, you are King, you are God, you are Creator, you are our Father, and the one who loves us beyond anything we could ever understand so much that you gave up your own life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do strengthen us, that when we follow you as Christians, you give us strength to be content in any and every situation. What a promise we have, friends. What a 
promise we have. So that's exegesis. Just asking the question, what does this mean? Starts in the text, not by imposing a meaning onto it. Starts in the text, works out to ask the question, does this apply to me today? Um, with this bit of exegesis, we literally just used the Bible, didn't we? There wasn't any other resources we need. Sometimes we do. Sometimes there is like historical context and things that can help us um, exegete better. And in a future episode, I'm just going to go through some of the resources I use to help me do exegesis sometimes. Um, but yeah, I hope you see that it's not complicated. It's just asking the question, what does this mean? And coming to the Bible and wanting to understand what the Bible's saying to us rather than reading from what we want the Bible to be saying. Thank you so, so much for joining me for today's podcast. If you have five minutes to leave a review of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be really, really helpful. And it would help more people like us who might enjoy studying the Bible to find the podcast and to join us in our journey. If you'd like to support me in making this podcast financially, you can use the buy me a coffee link that is in the show notes to just donate a little bit towards making these resources. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Bible with Megan or one word where I update everything that's going on and have content on there as well. So I really look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Bible with Megan podcast.